there in Bourbon Real Talk land, Randy Sullivan, with a very special episode for you today. I have Dave Wagner, the collector extraordinaire, and we're going to have a good time because not only does this guy have a very entertaining and exciting background, but he started collecting lots of stuff that you and I find very fascinating, and many of the items that he has have great stories to go with them, so thank Absolutely. you for coming on. Thank you for having me. First off, you've given me a very special pour. Uh, yes. What are we drinking here today? This would be from Macallan, the boutique collection, which I picked up when I was in London about two years ago. We were there doing, um, we were actually going to Signatory to do some acquisitions for barrels that, uh, that I was going to buy and had a layover in the airport. Didn't know there was a Macallan boutique, went in, saw that this was the only place I could get this bottle. So unfortunately they were limited to one per person. Mm -hmm. um, so I brought that back and it is not your typical Macallan. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's different and I personally like it. Okay. Um, the glasses were a gift from a friend of mine who actually got me into scotch collecting. Okay. Uh, Claudio Bernasconi in Switzerland. He's, uh, the large, he has the largest private collection of scotch in the world. Wow. And owns a um, bar slash hotel in Switzerland as well that has the largest scotch collection in the world that you can go and sample over 3,000 expressions of scotch. Wow. Claudio and I have become friends over the years. And last time I saw him, he uh, gifted me a couple of these beautiful black special edition Macallan glasses. That is awesome. So this is how famous, uh, is it Claudio? Claudio, yes. This is how famous Claudio is. I have a bourbon channel and I know his name. That's how famous he is. So <laughs> everybody who is high up in the, you know, Scotch collection world knows who Claudio is and that is amazing. And so let's hop right into it. So you are one of those collectors that you don't have you're not about quantity. No. You're about quality. Yes. And so let's start off and talk about the bottle that got your collection started and the history of like sure. how you got it. I was introduced to Claudio uh, 2016, I believe it was. I was in Switzerland for business unrelated to the scotch uh, industry at that time. And I was in Lucerne at a annual tasting called the Whiskey Schiff. Mm -hmm. It sounds really cool, and it is just as cool as it sounds. So they take these three long boats, put them on a lake with beautiful Swiss Alps in the background, mm -hmm. and you buy a ticket, and you can go in. And I'd never experienced anything like this in the United States. So you have collectors there, you have retailers there, and you also have distilleries that are repping as well. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine who owns a liquor store that I had met in 2015 uh, in Zurich invited me to come to the show. Mm -hmm. And he was the only person I knew. And when I went in to meet with him, uh, he had introduced me to Claudio and Claudio and I just hit it off. He's um, extremely humble and introduced me to a world that I never knew really existed until that point. And the neat thing about the whiskey shift is, is like I had said, the people who are vendors are individuals. So unlike here in the United States, 
where you have to have a retail license or there's all of these types of difference in Europe, you as an individual could show up, bring your own personal collection, mm -hmm. open these up and sell them by the dram. Hmm. So if you wanted to try a 1962 Macallan, for a fee, this individual would pour you a dram and you go on to the next table. Hmm. It was amazing. Wow. It was a life changing experience that I got introduced to Claudio that night. I also got to introduce to uh, Martin Mardvik, I'm gonna kill his last name, uh, Mardvikinson. He is the world brand ambassador for Highland Park. Okay. And when I met him that night, we had a great time. He actually had signed a uh, bottle for me that uh, I treasure. And um, it's it, that particular bottle was to celebrate the anniversary of the whiskey shift. Okay. And unfortunately, last year I couldn't go because of COVID. They didn't have it. Oh, no. But I am looking forward to getting back as soon as possible. Oh, it's it's amazing. it's a great experience. But um, the next year, Claudio uh, had introduced or had invited me to his home. And I told him that I wanted to start collecting. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, what year were you born? And I gave him a budget of how much money I wanted to spend. And he went and rummaged around for about 20 minutes and came back with a very special bottle that I normally at that time would not have been able to afford or even comprehend if I really want to start collecting. Right. And he came with this bottle here which was a 18-year-old distilled in 1970, which is the year I was born. Wow. And that's what started the, I would say, collection, but it's also now become an obsession. Well, there's a beautiful watercolor on here. This is phenomenal. Absolutely. And your birth year. Yes. And Claudio is one of these, collect as I said, he's got the single largest collection, private collection of scotch in the world. Mm -hmm. So when you go to Claudio's, when you go up and down the aisles, he has probably three aisles of Mac just Macallan, and he probably had four or five of these bottles. Right. So for him to part with it, it was it meant the world to me. But at the same time, his un his agreement is I will allow you to buy a bottle as long as I have more than one, which as a collector, it's. The collector's dream, right? Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. And I've picked up a number of bottles from uh, from him in the collection. And Claudio also uh, has, because of the vast collection that he has, he gets opportunities to go in and work with distilleries and do special bottlings just for his establishment in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. So like the bottle behind you, this is a Edredor, and it's a FT straight from the cask is what the initials stand for. Well, nice. And that's straight got- Straight from the cask. Yep, that's got the hotel uh, that he owns. And that's one example, there's, there's several examples around of bottles of his that have the um, his logo on it. But just a super, super nice guy. He's the one who got me involved and has really opened my eyes to uh, collecting. And uh, his advice to me and starting to collect was don't collect just for the sake of collecting. Collect what interests you. Right. It makes the hobby much more exciting. 
when you can focus on specific things that you like. So my favorite distillery is Lagavulin. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of my, my thing. Right. Claudio's is McAllen. He has a bottle of McAllen from every year that McAllen's been in business. Right. Uh, it's, it's amazing and multiples of that. And I started collecting Lagavulin. So when I go to Switzerland, um, I'm looking for bottles that are, were never available in the United States. Mm -hmm. So for example, this was a Italian independent bottler called Samaroli, um, a Lagavulin. And Lagavulin doesn't very often go to independent bottlers for these bottles. Mm -hmm. So just the fact that it's an independent bottler is something special. Right. Never in the United States, a, I'm not going to say a one of a kind, but it's very special to right. me as well as to, to collectors who collect Lagavulin. Nice. Yeah. Hey there, Bourbon Real Talk listeners and watchers. Randy Sullivan here. Wanted to take a quick break to tell you how you can support the channel. We've had a lot of people that have come into the Bourbon Real Talk family lately, and we're grateful for every one of you. But unlike a lot of other channels, we don't have a Patreon, and I don't allow anyone to sponsor the show. So what I do have, though, is some merchandise. So one of the things that I wanted to show you guys is we have Bourbon Real Talk Glen Karens available for sale on our website. Um, and great news, we actually have some Weeglins uh, on their way. So we had Weeglins custom manufactured. They're half the size of a regular Glen. Excellent for tasting. On the website, we also have candles. And they're more masculine scents, so this one's like leather. And these candles are manufactured by my daughter's candle company. She wanted to buy her own car, so we helped her start her own business. And she manufactured a line of masculine-smelling candles for the Bourbon Real Talk family. The next thing that we have is kind of a little interesting gadget. This is a Glen lanyard. So basically, it goes around your neck like any other lanyard, but it's specifically designed to hold a Glen whiskey glass and it allows you to go hands-free so uh, honestly the first time I saw one of these I thought it was a silly concept then someone gave me one I used it in a bottle share it was super efficient truly made it a more enjoyable experience as I interacted with people um, we also have these decorative storage boxes for your whiskey samples so if you get involved in the whiskey community, you're going to be given samples like this one. And one day you're going to look up and you got little sample bottles sitting all over the place. It doesn't look that good. And so we manufactured these uh, custom storage boxes. Uh, those are available as well. And the creme de la creme of merch for Bourbon Real Talk is the American Whiskey Aroma Kit. So the story on this is I was doing reviews People kept asking me, how do you learn how to break down the different flavors of a whiskey? And I had learned through a wine aroma kit, but I could not find a bourbon aroma kit that I liked. Uh, most of them came in a cardboard box. The scents didn't always make sense uh, for bourbon. Some of them would say they were for bourbon, but they had scents in there that were really more scotch focused. And so my wife, who helped with the candle company, Help me curate this box. We crowdsourced the 36 cents that went in this through the whiskey community. And I probably went through about 350 different cents to find these 36. 
Uh, interesting little tidbit, I've given one of these to the master distiller of a major legacy Kentucky distillery, and he reported back that he loves all the scents and that he uses it to train his sensory team, uh, but I am not allowed to tell you what the distillery is, uh, or it would probably ruin my relationship with them. So, uh, if you saw any of this stuff, you want to support the channel, you can head on over to bourbonrealtalk.com forward slash shop and pick something up. But if you just want to hang out here and learn, I'm totally happy with that as well. Just happy to have you as a listener. So that's a pretty special one. Uh, going back to my friend Marcus, who owns the shop in Zurich, he goes to Isla Fest every year goes to the Lagavulin, knows how much I like Lagavulin, and he always picks me up bottles from the Isla Fest. So a lot of these bottles that you have to be there to buy, mm -hmm. I, I buy from him. Gotcha. And again, part of the interesting thing with Europe is independent collectors can sell their collection to retailers. Right. So I walked into Marcus's store. He kind of knows what I'm looking for. And someone by pure, I'm not going to say luck, but I lucked into a bottle of Yamazaki mm -hmm. that is very hard to find that a, a collector in Switzerland decided to sell and liquidate his collection. Mm -hmm. So although Marcus didn't get this through what I would call in the United States traditional going through a wholesaler, he can buy from independent collectors. Right. So a lot of my Japanese um, bottles have come from collectors in Europe. So mm -hmm. that is right place at the right time. And also at the Whiskey Schiff, I had met um, an individual who kind of specializes in Kurosawa. Kurosawa being a closed distillery in Japan. Mm -hmm. Their bottles start at about $1,000 and go up to... Three hundred thousand dollars. Wow! And um, an independent bottler, uh, or not an independent bottler, but I have a bottle of Kurosawa floating around here somewhere. Where's it at? Um, I I usually try to tuck those away. <laughs> <laughs> you should. But that is a bottle of Kurosawa that um, is anything Kurosawa is hard to come by just because it's a closed distillery. Right. But. Um, Great bottle, fantastic, and the and individual. You had an opportunity to try these. I have yes. at Claudio's hotel. Oh, nice. He has, like I said, three thousand expressions, and he has uh, a couple of uh, Kurosawa's that um, I wouldn't haven't brought myself to spend that kind of money on a bottle yet. Mm -hmm. But uh, the next best thing is to buy a dram. Right. So uh, same thing. Marat, or Furat, excuse me, this is a 1970 bottle from World's Fair from Nika. Okay. Not something that you run across every day. Right. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Just the, the bottle itself is, is pretty neat. But, um, you know, the, the, I really enjoy the Japanese collecting it is high collectability mm -hmm. and i also really enjoy the the spirit itself right. uh, and drinking it i'm a big fan of yamazaki big fan of kurosawa nika puts out some fantastic whiskeys um and then going back to scotland 
and and Scotch, you can never go wrong as a collector with Macallan. Sure. You you just can't. This bottle here, Ruby used to be imported into the United States, and Macallan decided to pull it from the U.S. market, still widely available in Europe, um, and picked this up uh, again from Claudio. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bottle of Macallan Ruby, which you can't find those in the United States anymore, even though it's still made. And the one thing that I learned from Claudio is not only is it bottles that they don't send to the United States, um, they're for European release, but Macallan and other distilleries do the same thing that they'll have bottles that are explicit for the U.S. market that don't get released in Europe. So we have kind of done this bartering thing where... Uh, two years ago when I was there, he had uh, read Whiskey of the Year was the George Dickel bottled in bond. And he wanted some of that for his own private collection. So he calls me and says, can you source me a couple of these bottles? Which walking into any liquor store, you could get it. Yeah. there was no problem. Right. But again, he couldn't get that in Switzerland. So it really has been a fantastic uh, friendship uh, back and forth between the two of us. Right, right. So anytime that I meet a collector that has bottles at this level, which are very expensive to acquire, and drinking the bottles can be very expensive, and you're talking about flying back and forth from Europe and all of this stuff, my viewers want to know what it is that you do for a living that you <laughs> you know, have enough income that you can afford to do these types of things. I am a importer an importer i started out just as a firearms importer in switzerland Mm -hmm. and have broadened that over the years to import firearms from germany as well as france Mm -hmm. and after being able to gain the knowledge to import firearms and claudio's new obsession that he had instilled upon me in 2019 we actually got our liquor import license to start importing liquor so that's you know they say it's not work if you love what you do right (laughs) right and so are you able to say what uh, firearms you import or is that uh... sure we import um sig sour of switzerland Mm -hmm. Uh, we import uh, in switzerland there's another company called um weissen defense or we would pronounce it weissen Uh, they make a uh, firearm that I'm the only person who's ever brought it into the United States. Mm -hmm. And when we do deals like this, we always try to get an exclusive. If we're going to put the time and the effort into bringing these in, go through the process of getting firearms approved by ATF to be able to import. Uh, It's kind of a a reward for us to acknowledge and tip the hat that you put all the work in. We're going to give you the exclusive for a set period of time. Right. And France, we're the importer for a company called PGM Precision. Mm -hmm. They make bolt-action rifles. And then in Germany, we've just partnered with a company called Waffenberg. Mm -hmm. And they work a lot with Mm H&K. And we actually uh, import a gas valve that goes on H&K rifles, the MR556 and the MR762. So if you're suppressing those rifles, you can... um, adjust, adjust the gas the pressure. The gas yeah. pressure, exactly. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, that's pretty impressive. I will tell you, folks, that when I met Dave, it was a hilarious story. So, <laughs> uh, we have a mutual friend, Rodney Smith, the co-founder of the whiskey group that I help admin. Someone say whiskey, 
and Dave had just imported a bunch of scotch through um, Signatory. Yes. And um, and you wanted to talk about potentially working out advertising that inside of the whiskey club. And uh, Dave is a member of the Cowboys Club, mm -hmm. which the Dallas Cowboys are based here in Dallas, where I live. And there's this very exclusive club that has a very expensive sign-up fee and a monthly fee and all this stuff. And you, and and I had never been there before, so I am out recording a podcast for you guys, and I show up dressed like this. Only had a T-shirt on. I didn't even have a polo, and I was wearing a hat. And so I walk into this very exclusive club and there's two very cute young girls there and they're like, sir, you cannot come in uh, wearing a hat. And they're like, and they're looking at me all suspect. They're like, who are you here to see? And I was like, uh, I didn't even know the name of the person that we were meeting with. Rodney just told me to go to the Cowboys Club. So I'm texting Rodney and he's like, it's Dave Wagner. And then I said your name and they were like, right this way, sir. And I was like, oh, that seemed weird. Like they didn't want to let me in. And then all of a sudden it's like, all you know smiles and you know politeness i did have to take my hat off and so we go and we sit down at the table and everyone else got the memo but me everyone's wearing like a jacket and slacks and i look over and you're wearing a watch that i think is around 125 or thirty thousand dollars that i used to like i don't know study like because i i love watches and i i read all about this watch and it was a, a Breguet tourbillon, which Breguet invented the tourbillon movement. Um, it's one of the most amazing watches that you could possibly own. And I was like, I feel like I'm in the wrong place. Like, uh, <laughs> I feel like somebody should have given me a heads up. And then I'm like apologizing to everybody. And Ronnie's like, dude. It all worked out. I did it the first time I went to the Cowboys Club. I was wearing a, a track suit. Uh, so, you have a good story now. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, and, and we are going back to the Cowboys Club sometime soon. And this time I will be prepared. I will be prepared. I will dress appropriately. And that's when I found out what it was that you do for a living, which is fascinating. Um, I, I think that's something that people, you know, they understand that someone does it, but they can't imagine, you know, a person who actually does it. And that has afforded you the opportunity to kind of become a collector of fine things. And what I find is that people that collect things, uh, they, they don't always just collect the one thing. So no. you, you also collect uh, cigars and you smoke cigars. I do. Uh, do you have any really special cigars that? Uh, are uh, so I don't have any up here. They're in my humidor downstairs. But uh, in traveling to Switzerland, I've developed a really close relationship with um, Pitoro cigars, which are located in Switzerland. Um, when you think Swiss and you think cigars, most people automatically go to Davidoff. Mm -hmm. um, which I do smoke those as well. Right. But uh, I had developed a relationship with Patrick Martin and his partner, um, Pablo. And neat story for another time. If you're interested in the cigars, you can read the history on those guys. But uh, that kind of also is a neat link to just the people who you meet when traveling. You never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to be introduced to. Right. But... Um, there are basically two brands that I enjoy smoking, Patoro being one and Davidoff being the other. Mm -hmm. And for uh, New Year's this year, my son was in the hospital, not doing 
very well and I needed a little stress reliever and uh, went to the Davidoff Lounge in Houston, which uh, I did join because I was spending so much time in Houston where my son lives and treated myself to a Oro Blanco. Is that this one over here? Yes, yes. And um, the Oro Blanco is a great cigar. Unfortunately, I have to say, I haven't smoked it yet. Okay. My son uh, basically was in the hospital, wasn't going to be getting out for New Year's, and instead of staying, I decided to get in the car and drive home. Mm -hmm. So I am looking for the next special occasion right. to smoke that cigar. Because that's like a $450 cigar, so it's not like a Tuesday night special. It, yeah, it, it's, it's a special occasion cigar. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you also uh, collect uh, putters, from what I understand? Specifically, Scotty Cameron. Okay. Yeah. And we have some of those over here? Yeah. There's one special. I mean, they're all special to me for various reasons. I really only kind of collect one type. The one without the... This one right here. Okay. So the story I was told when I acquired this specific putter was it was the audition putter for Scotty Cameron, who at that time went by the name of Scott Cameron. Okay. Most of his putters, if you were to pick up any of the other putters over there, they would all say Scotty Cameron. Mm -hmm. He decided that uh, he wanted to audition with Mizuno. This is pre-Titleist, before he had struck his agreement with them. And this was one of the putters that he um, auditioned with with Mizuno. So mm. if you look on it, it'll say Scott Cameron here and he put Mizuno here mm -hmm. and it's, uh, you won't see too many of these in, in private hands from what I'm told. If I were to send this back in, he would most likely keep it. Right. So it doesn't go in to be refinished. <laughs> I keep it, uh, tucked away, uh, amongst the collection. Right. So, right. But that, that's probably the most, it's not the one that's in the best condition by any shape. Um, but it is the one that's got the, the best history. story. And yeah, yeah it, it's, it was again, right place at the right time. Awesome. In addition to that, you also collect guitars. I do. So, yes. Um, you collect, uh, Gibson Les Paul guitars. Correct. Yes. Do you have some special guitars you could show us? I have two, actually. One, uh, I actually am from upstate New York. Mm -hmm. There's a um, well-known guitar shop up there in that area. And they were celebrating their 30th anniversary mm -hmm. and got Les Paul to do a special edition that he kind of came up with the design with House of Guitars and came up with this. There's only 30 of these made. And this is one of 30. Wow. So pretty, um, pretty special to me. And that, that is a, not only a beautiful guitar, but it's pretty cool that it's got his picture on the back too. Yeah. With, with signature. So that's pretty neat. Irreplaceable right. now. Right. So unless you can find one of the other 29. Right. And then the other one that I have is, um, again, I kind of go for the non-traditional kind of things. Right. Let me grab it real quick. So Nat Sherman is a clothier and, <coughs> bless you. Sorry. 
Nat, start over with Nat Sherman. Nat Sherman is a clothier based out of um, the UK. Mm-hmm. And they did a promotion uh, about seven, eight years ago where they have 15 boutiques across the world. And what they did is they were trying to raise money. So each store got a individually made uh, guitar. So what they did is they went and bought these Les Paul. In this case, it's a Les Paul from Gibson. And they sent it to a gentleman in London who did all of this finish with a Nat Sherman shirt underneath it, a houndstooth checked. And this actually was in the Bahrain store, which is store number 15. And it was auctioned off to raise money for, I don't remember what the cause was now, but Mm -hmm. uh, some of the stores had gotten Les Pauls, some had Flying Vs, Thunderbirds, but there were only a total, I believe, of 15 or 20 of these totally made. Mm. So I... It's not a 1969 Les Paul, sorry, right. <laughs> but it is kind of special that it's it, it's a limited edition. Yeah, and again, not easily replaceable. That's awesome. Yeah. So you got a great guitar collection, putter collection, cigar collection, and Scotch collection. Where else have you traveled to collect things? So we were actually trying to find a partner in Japan mm-hmm. for whiskey, as Clearly my you do obsession, Japanese yes, so, and the timing worked out well. My son had just graduated from college and I pretty much told him, you can pick wherever you want to go as a graduation uh, congratulatory trip and he picked Japan. Okay. So I kind of killed two birds with one stone. So, well, 99% of the trip was focused on him. I said that I have a little bit of business. Number one, I have to go to Yamazaki because I love the brand. Well, right, it'd be a sin if you were in Japan and you didn't. Absolutely, and we were looking for a small producer that potentially could partner with us to export to the US. Mm -hmm. Sadly, that part didn't work out, Mm -hmm. but I was able to go to Yamazaki Distillery, Mm -hmm. and they have a, most distilleries have, as you know, distillery-only bottles which is um, what we're drinking right now, actually. So small, I think it's a pretty cool looking bottle. Yeah. Um, It feels like it's medicinal. Yes. Like there's a tincture in here. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Heals all all ailments. Heals all, it's, yeah, this is medicine (laughs) for the inside. That's right. For your inside problems. So the only way to get this, obviously, is to get on a plane and fly to Japan. Well, that's awesome. Ooh, I like that beautiful a lot bolder flavor than a lot of the uh a lot of the japanese whiskeys are a little too subtle for me yes but this one's coming in a little bit uh a little bit more flavor absolutely so your passion for collecting and your history of importing actually encouraged you to get your importer's license and you actually brought in some some whiskey from signatory is that correct Correct. Claudio had invited me to go on a buying trip with him and uh, September, October 2019, uh, we went to Signatory mm-hmm. and uh, we spent two days uh, barrel tasting. Okay. And 
being the new guy. It's tough work, but somebody's got to do it. It was, it was extremely <laughs> difficult. Being the new guy, I kind of figured that I would be going last and have last pick. And it was quite the opposite. I actually went first and had first right of refusal. Wow. Which was pretty amazing given that I was with Claudio and Marcus that these guys are buying barrels. Titans, yeah. yeah, Titans. And, uh, and I get the, the honor of being able to, to taste and, and go first. So we have a bottle right here. What did you pick? I originally went over thinking that I was going to buy two casks to buy and have bottled and sell now, and then buy two casks to sit and age. It never works to plan. Mm -hmm. I ended up buying four casks that we bottled uh, and have sold. So one of the four is a Col Isla. Mm -hmm. um, I always look for things that are non-traditional. So mm -hmm. two, uh, two of the bottles that we bought are not what I would call their normal expression. If you were to pick up a, a Linkwood, was one of the other ones that we had purchased. The Linkwood is not a traditional Linkwood. This Linkwood was actually aged in a wine cask. Okay. So it has a much different flavor profile. You can still, you know, if you were to be blindfolded, you probably wouldn't know that it was a Linkwood because that just the, the aging and the wine uh, charred wine cask just gave it a different flavor. Hmm. This Col Isla tasted unlike a normal Col Isla that I normally have. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we wanted to do was we really wanted to separate ourselves from all of the other importers. And what I mean by that is what could we do that no one else was doing? And I don't know of anyone else that does this, but we are concentrating on only bringing in cask strength. Gotcha. That's it. So we're giving you, the consumer, the power to cut it mm -hmm. to your liking. Right. My whole thing is, is if you're going to pay for a good bottle of scotch um, or bourbon for that fact, you can decide how it is that you want it. Sure. I, I, I don't want to pay for water. Right. As good as the water is in, in Scotland. Right. You know, I, I would rather invest my money in liquid gold. Right. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so... And so you brought in, was it four casks? Mm -hmm. uh, yep. It was a Linkwood, the Linkwood, the Coal Isla, a Ben Rines, and a Glenroths. And if we had any viewers who wanted to acquire a bottle, uh, are there any still available? There are. So right now in Texas, unfortunately, um, Total Wine, uh, Pogo's in Dallas, and then Dallas Fine Wine are the three retailers that carry our product. Gotcha. So they got distributed in North, in, in North Texas. North Texas, basically. Yes. So it would be impossible to find it. Correct. Gotcha. So those three locations. So one of the things that I like to ask somebody who's well-traveled, they collect, they've made some friends. You've talked a lot about, you know, your couple friends that you made in the Scots wor Scotch world. Has your passion for whiskey caused you to make any connections and maybe have an experience or, you know learn something about another person or something that just really sticks out in your mind as a positive experience because we like to believe that whiskey brings people together. Absolutely. So I was traveling in Geneva, Switzerland, um, I want to say it was 2019, and I was one of my friends decided to come with me. He had never been to Switzerland, 
So I knew of a um, very high-end cigar lounge called the Leopard Lounge in Geneva. And we went there and we're sitting conversing and this gentleman walks in and we are having scotch. I'm having scotch. My friend was having, I believe it was bourbon. Mm -hmm. And this gentleman walks in and sits down and is overhearing our conversation and speaks up and says, you're not from around here. And obviously I could tell by his accent that he wasn't native either. Right. And he says, I'm from a little town near you, Beverly Hills. I was like, oh, very nice. And we sit there and he come to find out as a world ambassador for Waldorf Astoria. Oh, wow. We strike up a friendship. And by the end of the night, he had said, if you ever come to LA, I would love you to be my guest at the Havana Club. Wow. Which is pretty exclusive mm -hmm. cigar club. And they only have two locations in the US. They have one in New York City and the one in Beverly Hills. So I got home from that trip in October, told my wife that we would be going to LA in December to take him up on his offer. And we have remained uh, very good friends and have established a pretty, pretty close knit relationship that uh, he's just a fantastic guy. But that's one of many stories that uh, I, I, I tend to do a lot of business between this and a, a fine cigar. Right, so. right. Well, let that be a lesson to you people, because if you get involved with the brown spirits, I mean, they're meant to be shared and they bring people together and it creates opportunities that maybe you never would have thought of before. I mean, and when you get passionate about something, you know, if you, if you, like you said, if you do something that you love, you never work a day in your life. That's right. right. That's right. And so it just created opportunities, networking, all that stuff. So that's just beautiful. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Well, I do want to thank you for Absolutely. coming on today. And um, I don't really guess, because you don't sell direct to consumer, uh, you're mostly B2B, right? On the liquor business, that would be correct. Yeah. Yes. Is there some place that people can go to find information about the firearms that you sell? Uh, we are on Facebook under JDI Firearms, and Instagram is San, S-A-N, Imports, or also I believe it's linked together with JDI Firearms as well. And the uh, we have a Facebook, or excuse me, an Instagram page for the liquor uh, side of the business as well called Ventanove Imports. Everyone wants to know what the heck is Ventanove. It's actually Italian for the number 29, which happens to be A, my favorite number since I was in high school. My okay. favorite football player actually was Eric Dickerson. Okay. And my wife and I started dating on June 29th. So oh, it has perfect. some significance Multiple between us. Yeah. That's awesome. So Ventanove Imports. That is awesome. Well, if you want more information about Bourbon Real Talk, you can find that at bourbonrealtalk.com. You can find us on Facebook, also on YouTube, forward slash Bourbon Real Talk. And we would love it if you would go to the website and you would give us a suggestion for what you'd like to see in a show. You can subscribe, like, review, comment on YouTube or your favorite podcast player. 
which helps with the algorithm, helps get the word out there. And I always like to tell people because, you know, we get a lot of new viewers on the, the podcast every week, and they may not know what the show philosophy is or why we're doing what we're doing. And my impetus for doing this channel is that I want to use brown spirits to bring people together and i want people to feel connected and i want people to know that they're not alone in this world and i've made so many great connections and friendships because of my passion for whiskey um and and i know that sometimes people need that i actually lost a brother to suicide um in 2014 and uh, it came as a shock to me and my family that he felt that alone and disconnected we had no idea and I wanted to do something about it. And so I thought, I'm going to help people get connected to a community. And so that's part of the reason why we do this podcast. And it is the reason why I sign off every show the same way. And that is, if you woke up this morning and you were unsure whether or not anyone loved you, just know that I love you. And I'll see you next time on Bourbon Real Talk.